I actually want to try something different for the lineup. Okay. So I'm going to count from one to ten, and then on five, you join me. Okay. All right. One, two, three, four, five, five six, six, seven, seven eight, eight, nine, nine ten. ten. So we ended the last thing talking about Destiny and where you were at. And I've actually played a good amount of Destiny between our last discussion and now. Really? Because I have not, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. I bought the season pass or uh, whatever Uh it was. Yeah. And I burned through it. I got to like 965 or 970 or something on my Titan. Oh, yeah. Power level. And then I got so angry at the quests i think yeah. i did i did the seasonal quest where i was either siding with the gambit dude or i was siding with the uh, what's his name i can't Zav- remember the name. vanguard yeah the vanguard or what's that other, what's the guy's what's the guy's name with the gambit the drifter yeah so you either side with yeah, the drifter yeah. or you side with the vanguard uh-huh. and that quest was so long <laughs> yes. And, yes and i finish it and i get nothing yeah you don't get anything in fact and i was pissed you lose out on lore entries from that quest. Yeah. No matter what yeah. you pick, you there's like half of that lore book that you just don't yeah. get. Yeah. Which I like in itself, I don't really have a problem with because a lot of games will do that, and you make mm-hmm. you make a choice, and you go down, you know, and then you you get you know one or two things. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's kind of lazy of them to only do lore. They've written out this thing, and nothing actually changes. Right. Yeah, it's just like there's a couple of like of a few lines like if you play Gambit. So I sided with the Vanguard for that quest and during gambit the drifter will call me like a snitch or a rat or something and that's yeah. it that's the only thing i've noticed and so like <laughs> obviously games like mass effect like there it's a big thing that you make choices oh, and you can no longer yeah. do things because of those choices mm-hmm. this kind of feels like a lose-lose situation where nothing really changes <laughs> you just don't get to read some of the lore because of it right yeah. it's a very lazy way to do it and i was sitting there like i don't know what it was two in the morning or something and i'm finishing this stupid quest after probably five times of uh-huh. thinking that i was at the last step yeah and and I, I go and talk to him and he's like i'll remember this and then the and then i just go to my quest book and it's just gone yeah. like, really Ser- are you serious yeah like you're not gonna give me just mountains of money for this <laughs> for this crap that i've just done nope. i was i was mad and the questing is just terrible and i just have and i hit my max because i have so many quests Mm-hmm. and i'm never gonna do them if they're this long so like a week ago i stopped but up until then when i was still getting just past the soft cap i was playing a lot yeah. obviously a lot of multiplayer and stuff because that's what i like but mm-hmm. is destiny still the main thing between other games right this very moment it's kind of up in the air what i'm currently playing right now so it was for like weeks and weeks destiny 2 was kind of the only thing i was playing and I was having tons of fun. Last season, I just thought was so much fun with uh, saving Saint-14 in the game. And there was this new activity that it was just so easy to farm super awesome weapons. And they looked cool, and the armor looked cool. It was just a lot of fun. And then this new season came out, and the seasonal content was, first of all, locked behind higher power levels. My character wasn't strong enough to participate in the new content. So I was stuck doing old stuff until I got powerful enough. And then when I got there, the whole 
seasonal event is just so repetitive. There's the Seraf Bunkers, right? Have you done anything with those? I've done, because the Seraf Bunkers came up, at least on Mars. The Seraf Bunkers were there for a while on Mars, and now they're like everywhere, or like on the EDZ as well. I've done the Seraf Bunker on Mars, and I've done that multiple times, and, and that's kind of an enjoyable, an enjoyable thing to do. But I did the, like you were saying with the power level, I think the one on the EDZ is 980 or something. Are you and talking about the bunker or the towers? The towers. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the power level locked thing where yeah. I would hop in. And that in. was stupid. Yeah, yeah, and I would just get just lambasted by, <laughs> yeah. by these supposed to be trash mobs, and they just, like, just absolutely eviscerate me. And so, yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's an activity that's built for a big group of people uh, working in very close tandem. It's designed for a well-communicating group. And yeah. I don't have that. And so I'm just kind of at the mercy of the universe to put people in the activity with me to finish it. And so The one on Mars didn't feel like that at the very least. Like, I think, I don't know if you've done the one on Mars all the way through. Yeah, yeah. So that one's, that one's fun. It's so fun, right? And like, I've... And it's like stressful that you're... Because there's like layers. Like, I'm putting a lot of time into the... By the time we get to the... I don't know how many layers in where you actually go through it all. Yeah. But I think it was... I think it was obviously a lot more stressful because that was kind of set up for a, the power level of the previous season uh-huh. when it released. Yeah. But I remember doing it back then and I was stressed because we were getting... At the higher things, we were getting wrecked. Uh-huh. But but we were trying to get the timers and stuff and mm-hmm. then you get to the point where you like... You get to the later ones and it's basically saying like, do everything. Like you have to do this uh-huh. and hit all the bosses and do this. Yep, yep. And everybody's just running. It's <laughs> It just seems like 10 people with the, their heads cut oh, off. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. But that one was a lot of fun. And then this one, I get into the one with the EDZ and I had no idea what was going on. People were dropping orbs for some reason, and so I picked one up, and I had no idea what to do with it, and so I threw it at the thing, and it didn't, it just disappeared, it didn't do anything. Uh-huh. But other, and I'm trying to, like, follow people as they're holding their orbs, and I have, they're throwing it at the same thing, uh-huh. and it has a completely different effect when they throw it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, this is just effed up, uh-huh. and I'm dying to everything. Oh, yeah. I quickly got turned off to the whole thing, mm-hmm. whereas a the Mars one was, I like, I really enjoyed the Mars. Yeah, yeah, that one, like, I've gone into the Mars one with me and, like, one other random person, and we went through, like, the whole thing from start to finish and got the prize at the end. We, it was so fun. But this yeah. one, unless you have four or five and probably six really good players who know exactly what to do and when to do it, it's so hard. It's almost impossible to do it. Because all of the enemies are just so powerful. And there's... Like, you have to throw that orb at this tiny little target. And I don't know what the orb is made out of. But you can't throw it more than, like, 30 feet without it just, like, dropping straight to the ground. (laughs) And so... Yeah, the arc... Maybe that's what mine did. When you throw it is so steep. I mean, you're, like, hucking it almost straight up in the air. You're just throwing knuckleballs. To go where you want it to go. It's a pain. And then the bunkers, yeah. there's this, like the war satellite system has these bunkers on all the planets and stuff. And so you got to go level up the bunkers so that he can, the war satellite can be more powerful to stop the big bad thing from happening. Yeah. So I, I cleared out the bunker, but I, it seems like a pain because uh-huh. there's like three levels of currency and you need the highest level of currency to level up the bunker. And I was looking at this thing and I was just, 
it's, to me it seemed just yeah, like undoable. unless you're a youtube streamer that just plays destiny for eight hours a day like it is so hard it's so hard to get the currency because the only way to get the currency is to do that tower event on the EDZ and finish it perfectly. And that will give you a marginal amount of the currency or the other way is to do. What is it like? Um, encrypted thing? Is yeah, what you, you need bits or whatever. They're like encrypted little data disks. Because you, you get the normal data disks, which I thought was perfectly okay. But no, I need encrypted yeah, data disks. Get, That's I mean, all get, the like, warm cool I want. stuff from buying the stuff with the bits only on that planet but the, it's just such a grind and the other way to get the currency is to do bounties which you've already said you have you have trouble stacking up bounties because like the quest log's so full i have so many quests yeah. oh my goodness right like bounties are the most successful thing to make me play on a daily basis yeah but that's like the only thing I've had a couple of play sessions where I've just set my mind to, okay, I'm going to upgrade the stupid bunker and I just go and buy the repeatable bounties over and over and over and just deplete my glimmer. So I completely run my bank account dry buying these bounties and finish all these bounties and just spend like two, three, four hours on these bounties. And I have enough for one upgrade. And I'm yeah, like, no, that's not, uh, I'm like, not about that. This is so tedious this is a video game man i'm not doing this for work i'm here to have fun like this isn't yeah it's not fun and so between that and just the stresses of being a dad of three kids and quarantine situation being what it is i just i haven't been playing much destiny uh, yeah. and i do feel ba i do feel sad about that because i had so much fun but i just don't feel myself driven to play it right now yeah especially that that bunker like i i didn't try very hard i looked at that bunker maybe twice like mm -hmm. I, I went into the one on mars and then i went into the one on the edz mm -hmm. and i was like man this is about two layers more than the effort that i'm gonna put into this thing <laughs> yeah in my mind it seemed like tiered you're gonna get a lot of this currency and then you're gonna get like a little bit of this one and then this top one is really hard to get but that's actually the only one that matters right. to get this stupid thing up mm -hmm. and and then it just became like i i was looking at all of it and i just kind of turned around and kind of acted like it wasn't there anymore mm -hmm. and i never do repeatable bounties i just get the ones that i do the ones that give me the powerful rewards yeah and then i switch characters uh -huh. and apparently there's been a big discussion about they made some thing about you like giving appreciation for the character that you play making these like community like tight-knit communities for the titan and the warlock and the hunter uh-huh but then everybody's like getting really mad because the most efficient way that they made for your character level up and all this stuff is to maintain three characters uh-huh yeah uh-huh i'm not gonna act like i'm any different you know I, I work on the one character and then i move those weapons over to the next one so right. that makes that next guy's thing faster and then i move exactly. and that guy gets even higher and then i move mm -hmm. those way and i kind of rotate them around and then the mm -hmm. season pass obviously levels up faster between mm -hmm. the three characters so that all mm -hmm. three of them are more powerful than the one guy that's working on his one thing yeah and so i saw that there was a lot of controversy on that i don't really care too much for the selfish reason that i do maintain three characters when i'm playing the game yeah and i don't really mind too much about the power level thing as i always hit the soft cap from playing and i actually got really mad i did a lot of stuff before starting the story uh -huh. this uh -huh. time because I forgot how to get the season pass. Oh. And so I did a ton. And I went and I got and I had completely forgot the season pass was a thing. And then they dropped this thing mm -hmm. on me. And I was like, oh, for the love. Like, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I would have been like level 10 uh -huh, on this thing right? already. Yeah, yeah. But I usually always hit the soft cap on 
multiplayer and then I start working on stuff and are all or I'll work through the story after I hit the soft cap so that I get higher stuff through the story mm-hmm. rewards. So I, I never really mind about the story the story thing and for the most part I'm just trying to ignore the bunkers mm-hmm. and just act like yeah. they're not there. And then like with the quests are the main thing that keep me away from the game right now. <laughs> they're just Yeah, quests. there's a lot. So you mentioned you have Destiny. There's not a lot to talk about if it's not occupying your time <laughs> right now, but you did you did mention a bunch. I'm guessing I'm guessing all of these abbreviations are Roman numerals for Final Fantasy. I'm just Um yeah, so yeah, I just I wrote down some of the other games that I'm currently playing. Um and yes, there is a pattern you will see. So there's Are you uh are you playing the remake no, right now? Soon. Uh soon. But that that's this whole thing and I'll get to that in just a sec. But uh All right, all right. I won't get in your way. I'm not going to act <laughs> like I know anything about any of the don't things that you posted in. Line, Jordan. I know, I'm I know, at I know. This list and I can't believe I missed this one game. Kind of ashamed of myself. But anyway, Destiny 2, I still do pick up Destiny 2 and I played it for a couple hours over the weekend. But Final Fantasy 12, The Zodiac Age, Kingdom Hearts 3. I told you a couple weeks ago that I started a new game plus to just do a quick story run. To actually mm-hmm. enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, to do a quick story run for the stuff that I missed while I fell asleep while playing it (laughs) and then dffoo is a phone final fantasy game uh oh okay uh, it's dissidia final fantasy opera omnia is what that all stands for yes it's really cool i i don't feel like they needed all those words they don't but that's just quintessential final fantasy adding in all these latin words that are meaningless and don't really explain what's going on (laughs) i think they just kind of kept adding those o words Omnia, omnipotence. Yep, exactly. So what does this um, one do on the phone? It's actually a really cool idea that I had in fourth or fifth grade. I thought, man, wouldn't it be cool if there was a game where all of the Final Fantasy characters came to the same world and they all fought together? And that's what this game is. Like, you've got Cloud from Final Fantasy VII or all the Final Fantasy VII characters with all of the characters from all the other games and they're just fighting to save this other world. So that's a lot of fun. That yeah. Sounds like it. Sounds like a. I don't know how Mario or Super Smash Bros. got started, but that kind of sounds like Super uh, Smash kind Bros. Kind of. It's it's more of a JRPG, but yeah, I mean the premise is kind of there. Like all the characters come together and they're fighting the big bad thing. Yeah. 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 Oh, so you guys are fighting like a. You guys aren't fighting Mm-mm. each other. You're fighting. Like you're working yeah. together. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So it's uh. So like. All right. You can have on your. So it's not. So it's not like Smash Bros. No, not. Me. I mean, not really. But <laughs> okay, okay. Of, I mean, if you think of Master Hand. I appreciate. I appreciate you saying yes in the beginning. <laughs> I'm trying to make it sound like. So just like yeah, it's I'm trying to make it sound good still. Well, I mean, we're already down the hole on that <laughs> I one. I mean, if you think of Master Hand as like the big bad boss of Super Smash Bros., it's kind of like the city of Final Fantasy. Sure. Why not? Who's the big baddie in uh, in Final Fantasy Omnipotent? <laughs> OmniFocus. It is doesn't have a name. It's just kind of evil in general. They keep calling it the Blackened Will, and it basically it's like if all of the evilness of the universe condensed into this big weird organ-looking thing, like a looks kind of like a stomach a little bit. That's like causing all this chaos and like ripping holes in space time and sucking player like sucking these characters from their world into this communal world that's being destroyed and the destruction of this like communal world is going to lead to the destruction of all the worlds so all the characters from all the games team up and they're trying to beat this thing 
so that they can all go home. So they can all go back to their respective timelines yeah. or whatever. So it's it's fun. There's a lot of FFs on my list. There's Final Fantasy Record Keeper. It's another phone Final Fantasy game. Then Final Fantasy VII Remake. What I love about Final Fantasy games is the character-driven story elements. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you have looked at Reddit about Final Fantasy VII Remake, but there's all kinds of stuff about just how dramatic the character interactions are, just how nostalgic it is for players who played the first one. There's a channel that I follow on YouTube, and he just finished Final Fantasy VII, and I didn't follow it at all, but if he had just so happened within the hour, because he posts, he goes hard mm-hmm. on games when he pulls them up, he'll post four or five videos a day of the playthrough, and so I would watch maybe like five mm-hmm. minutes of it, and then inclo- and then close it out, and then I watched the Oh, how ending. dare you? Yeah, I know, this is how <sighs> much I care. And it definitely seemed good. I mean, the graphics were amazing. I kind of saw some of the images from the old <laughs> one for people that had played both. I imagine it's a very satisfying experience. And then, obviously, it seems fun that he swings the big the big sword around. <laughs> I don't know what the big deal is about having a humongous sword. And I don't know how that's okay with everybody else in the yeah. city when he's, like, walking what's, around. That he just has, yeah. like, a the, the equivalent of a cannon on yeah, his back. what's wrong with that? I just that never makes sense to me that he's just walking down the Bro, street. It's story armor and man. it's plot armor. He's a video game protagonist. Everybody's fine with everything that he does because he's the good guy, don't you know? <laughs> just like I, I have, I can't even, I can't even see his shoulder blades because he just has this, this. Yeah, man. If there's one thing that I want you to do is to play the original Final Fantasy VII. It's so good. Still, like, I w- I've gone back and played it recently, and it, like, terrible graphics and antiquated gameplay mechanics taken into account, it still holds up as an amazing game. Even if you put it up next to the remake, it's so good. And what makes it good is, again, the story. Like, I watched this 12 or 13-part miniseries on YouTube on Kotaku's channel. This guy, he speaks Japanese pretty fluently, so he played the Japanese copy of the original Final Fantasy VII alongside step-by-step an English copy of the game. And so, and he translated every text box in the entire game from japanese to english and so it was fascinating i loved every second of it it was like just oodles and oodles of hours of this guy (laughs) just talking about how in japanese this means something slightly different but how like the slight difference means so much so he's like taking you through and trying to trying to bring you up to what the experience was in the in the native yes yeah and there was this he explained that the translation was so bad because the japanese or the english translation was done by one man who was given an excel spreadsheet and a timetable of 14 days to translate an entire game from japanese to english and so I mean, he taught, he brings that up several times throughout the miniseries that this, I mean, there's so much inconsistencies and just bad translations because like, who knows? Like this guy could have been doing this for, you know, 76 hours straight on nothing but midnight yeah. black coffee and beef jerky. And like he missed this yeah. one mark on the Japanese letter that turned this whole word into something else. And so like there's a lot of those inconsistencies. Obviously, when you're in that situation, you're going to make a lot of straight up mm-hmm. mistakes. But beyond that, 
you don't at all have the time allowed to like try to figure out even if it has to be a completely different sentence like what makes sense for the what the concept right of exactly it is. like you have no time yeah. you have no time to try to figure that out like what what are they actually trying to get across exactly, here and how exactly. does it like mm-hmm. That's yeah. that sucks. That sucks for that it guy did, too, because yeah. I can see that being like one of the things. Like somebody gets his name, and I don't know if that's what actually happened, but I could see it kind of the thing that happened to Mass Effect Andromeda. But somebody gets the name of somebody in the company, and they just blame everything on them for what's wrong. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Uh, at least from the community's standpoint, like the fan base's perspective, like everybody kind of venerates that guy for doing what he did, and we under. I mean, we kind of understand that that was a sucky situation and he did the absolute best that he could. And we obviously loved yeah. the game with all of the grammatical inconsistencies anyway. So like we, that wasn't really a, an issue, but one thing that kept coming up in this mini series was how absolutely perfect the story pacing was of the original game. I mean, every conversation with any NPC had just the perfect amount of, foreshadowing and character development that guided you along the railroad of the story but still allowed just this perfect mix of world to explore along outside of the railroad and that's that's really why the original final fantasy 7 was so amazing was they hit this absolute stride of pacing the story out in perfect the perfect bite size amounts at the perfect times uh and it's just it's just such a beautifully told story it seemed like a fairly open world for the time yeah for the time it was a really big world to explore and like it has similar things to at least in the remake as far as i could see like you were pretty pretty well open to go and do something on the side if you wanted Mm -hmm. to it wasn't like a halo where you kind of drop down and you have a task. Oh, yeah, yeah. There are a couple of times in the game where you are kind of stuck doing what the story wants you to do. But outside those like mm-hmm. mm, like two, three times, you can just branch off and totally go uh, wherever you want and just explore. Not that there was a ton of things to find in that game, but there was enough to do to make it fun. So you're talking about this and you're saying, and you said you haven't bowled here soon. So what's the, so what's the thing on that? <laughs> so it's, the remake has come out for uh, what, two weeks now? Week and a half, two weeks now? It's been out and I, I don't have it yet. And I'm a huge fan of the original game. And so there's a considerable portion of me that just dies every time that I, I want to play it and I can't because I don't have it. And so mm-hmm. uh, I'm just waiting for things to kind of calm down so I can go get it. So this is the next thing that they're mm-hmm. trying to get. And so Cause it's a, cause mm-hmm. I did, so I did look into it. Obviously it's, it's a PlayStation mm-hmm. exclusive. And so that, that was a pretty quick end of my search <laughs> and I don't need to, I don't need to go buy another PS4 on eBay and go through all that again. <laughs> But it does look very good. So you're waiting. You're waiting to get what a, a physical copy or a digital yeah. copy, or you're waiting for your tax return. Yeah, I'm waiting or... to get a physical copy. I I actually did go to Walmart uh, last week after it had been released, and we were looking around, and I swung by the video game section to see if they had it, and it was sold out. So I was really bummed. But yeah, that's that's a game that I definitely want a hard copy of for sentimental reasons. Okay. I can respect that. Uh, I had a friend. He he basically asked me. He's like, "What what can I play right now that's gonna take a ton of time <laughs> during this quarantine?" Because uh, he exclusively did Uber mm. and something else called like Handyman or something. Okay. But those two things went away. Com- have gone away completely. Oh, wow. 
And so unlike me, where I'm very busy, he's since he was only doing those, those things, he's completely free. I had suggested it to him Assassin's Creed, the Ezio collection. And I can't remember if you Solid. said you had played any Assassin's Creeds. Yeah, I've played yeah. I've played Assassin's Creed 2 with Ezio. Uh, I don't think I beat it, but I played a fair amount of it super fun Ezio is pretty universally the favorite mm-hmm. character yeah. yeah he's kind of the grandpappy of all the assassins yeah and then they go back and they go through everything but for the community like Ezio is everybody's favorite dude mm-hmm. and oh, there's the whole thing is yeah like they were testing the game out with the first game it was a very good game but it was super uber repetitive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you're doing this you're just going you're doing the same thing you're just going to different cities right. yeah and then Ezio comes along. You just got this young gung ho dude uh-huh. doing his thing, and you follow him through his entire life, basically, mm-hmm. through Assassin's Creed Two, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, and Assassin's Creed Revelations. Mm-hmm. And so he was looking at that, and you could get it on the Xbox Store for probably thirty or forty bucks, but everywhere else it was completely out of stock. Right. Every physical copy was gone. <laughs> People are buying yeah, everything. That's up. how it is. It sucks, man. I was kind of looking into an Oculus Quest. And oh, the yeah. same thing where it's like you basically the notification that you get is we will let you know when we have more. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> yeah. everybody wants one now. Everybody wants to play uh, Beat Saber. Everybody wants to play Beat Saber. Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody wants to get the workout by doing that. And everybody wants VR uh-huh. when they're bored. And so and so there was no chance I was getting yeah. that. I didn't I didn't need one right now. And so it's a good thing it wasn't available. I made equally a unwise purchases, but I did not make that unwise purchase. <laughs> so you're waiting for Final Fantasy. Yeah. Yes, and this is actually a cool story. I've had this just insatiable itch to play Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. And so Final Fantasy VII, for the uninitiated, um, is kind of the flagship of Square Enix. Um, it's the it's like the fan favorite. It's got the most spin-offs. There's a PS2 game that came out that was a, a spun-off of Final Fantasy VII. There was a PSP spinoff, and then there were a number of anime TV shows and Japanese release-only uh, phone games when back did, in the uh, day. When did the original game come out? Uh, it was like 95 or 97. Yeah, it's it's a pretty... It's getting up there. I should know that as a such an avid fan. That's okay. I just realized this week that I've been saying, uh, I think you've heard me before, I probably have the same love for Skyrim that you have for Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just realized I've been saying that it came out in 2012 for however many years. And I just saw mm-hmm. the other day that it came out in November of 2011. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well, I'm an idiot. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, well, I can relate. So we're on the, we're on the same page there. That is a long yeah, time, though. Yeah. I wasn't even... I was not born when that game came out. Yeah, and I didn't play it. I was I was born in 93, so I was really young. I don't even think I had a PlayStation when it did come out. Did it, um, was, I remember... Did it come out on the original PlayStation? Was that the, was that the yep, thing that it came PlayStation out on? PlayStation 1. It was the first 3D Final Fantasy game with, like, 3D character models and a 3D world. First, first Final Fantasy game on a disc... I mean, it was it was a big deal, and I don't know the numbers, but I think still to this day they've sold more copies of the original Final Fantasy VII than they had any other uh, release since then. Yeah, and Final Fantasy VII Remake, in the first three days after release, sold 3.5 million copies in th- three days. And I was super happy to hear that, 
because I mean it deserves every bit of that. It's so good right now. What's the most recent Final Fantasy game? Uh, Final Fantasy 15 was the most recent flagship main entry, main title entry uh, Final Fantasy game back in 2015, I think. The other thing that was always confusing to me is it was it seemed some areas of the game seemed very I, would, I don't want to say medieval, but like fa- like fantasy, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. obviously, Final Fantasy does it in a way where, like in Final Fantasy 15. I saw playthroughs and they're like driving a, a car. They're driving a sports car, it looks like. Yeah, that's a big part of the... Yeah, that is a big part of the game. Yeah, you get the car. <laughs> so that's just, that just always confused me as well. It's like, all right, not only... Like, yeah. it's weird enough that in this fantasy setting, this guy just gets to walk around with this sword. But in a modern mm-hmm. fantasy setting, this guy just gets to walk around with this big sword. And that was... Mm-hmm. It was too much for me. I think that's what it was. Like, this guy, really? this guy gets out of a Dude. sports car... And he, on his back, he has the sword that's like five feet long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where did you, this, that card does not fit that sword. There's nowhere you could put that sword. That well, well, in Final Fantasy 15, there's this whole thing about the, the weapons, like they dematerialize when you let go of them and then you can just summon them back into your hands. Oh, I see. Okay. That was actually the next game I wanted to talk about on my currently playing because I just started a new game plus on that. On Final Fantasy uh, 15? 15, yes. I just started that today, like this morning. So you've been enjoying the... You like the new <sighs> one as well? Oh, I love it. Final Fantasy 15 is... Oh, my, like, I can't even like talk <laughs> about how great it is. I was, <laughs> I was told by... I got the impression so from a lot of people good. that you do get to cry in multiple points of the game from the good story oh yeah again we're we got this character driven story that's just so good man it's this it's the same final fantasy story over and over and over again is it every final yeah you boil it down to the same the same thing you got an immature protagonist goes on this transformative quest to find the macguffin or change the macguffin and the antagonist has some like close personal relationship to the protagonist and so the whole game the the antagonist is antagonizing the protagonist and through the quest the protagonist you know transforms and changes and matures and becomes this self-realized self-confident like hero like the definition of a hero and then saves the world and that's it sounds a lot like pokemon (laughs) yeah i mean it's a good story to tell the the in the games the the character you play as doesn't really have much of a personality i don't even think they speak oh in the final like in the in final fantasy no in the pokemon games the character the person the human that you play as in pokemon doesn't speak okay yeah no but the yeah no you talk you for sure talk in i've I've heard uh so in final fantasy 7 his name is cloud right Yes, because I want. He's got a huge sword and a motorcycle. I, I haven't he's... even seen the motorcycle. Oh, dude, it's the epitome of <laughs> awesome. It's so cool. Is man. it like a? There's these like a Harley kind of thing. These, uh, yeah, kind of. It's like well, I mean, it's like a fantasy version of a yeah. of a Harley. There's these scenes where you're like fighting with your giant building sized sword from your motorcycle, and there's these bad guys <laughs> like, chasing you on their motorcycles. It's so. What are they hitting awesome. you with? Are you like, getting? What? Are there guns? Are you getting shot with? Yeah, guns? they're shooting you with bullets, and you like just like get shot, and you're like ah, and then you just like cut their motorcycle. <laughs> oh just my going. goodness. <laughs> It's so good, Jordan. Uh, so good. I don't know if I can handle that, man. 
It's so good, dude. Just try. Just try. The thing that always, so kind of trying to relate it to Assassin's Creed a, a little bit, people, especially in the beginning, people are always down for the real life encounters. So if you, I don't know if you remember at all, like the things you would, that would happen in the present time when you were not in the Animus. I don't know if you remember much of that at mm, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. In Assassin's Creed 2... You have escaped Abstergo. Yes. And you're in this kind of this rundown ancient uh, city. And so you are dealing, you know, you're, you're in the Animus, you're doing things, but then every once in a while you go outside the Animus. One of the things you're doing this for is for the bleeding effect so that you're learning these skills for mm-hmm. the present time. Mm-hmm. And so right. everybody always wanted more present time stuff. Everybody wanted to fight people with guns. Everybody wanted to fight them with Assassin's Creed stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was always uh-huh. the big thing. I think we got a little bit of that when we got... Obviously, I think Syndicate may have had some guns. I actually mm-hmm. can't remember too well. I haven't uh, played it. But, we're, like, we're getting a little bit of it now, and then I can't for the life of me remember. I mean, all, all the Assassin's Creed games are the same now. Oh, yeah. There's there's so yeah, many. I can't tell. There's, mm-hmm. I don't think there's... This, I think Final Fantasy still has the winning, the winning thing on that. I think Final Fantasy... 15 takes the cake on that <laughs> yeah dude it's so good man i guess I... I mean as you know my dungeons and dragons character that i play with in our campaign is based off of the protagonist from final fantasy 15 oh so it's it's the main guy from 15 mm-hmm. yeah and the whole game the evil empire sending their uh, essentially their droid army after you and they they have no problem shooting you and shooting rockets at you and they've got huge like do you know what gundams are uh, they send these huge like robot mechs after you and they've got drop ships and they've got all kinds of artillery and you've just got your little sword and you just like throw your sword around and you warp to your sword and you just like wreck you wreck this <laughs> army and it's so satisfying there's missions where you have to go like infiltrate bases and forts and stuff it's totally metal gear solid or or even assassin's creed you gotta like sneak around the guys with the guns and stuff it's just so good is 15 on the computer yet or is it still only on the pc final fantasy 15 is on the computer final fantasy 15 is on steam it's even on stadia and there's if you get the stadia version there's some extra special stuff that's not in any other version extra special stuff yeah but if you do get it make sure you get the royal edition because that's like the full complete the real one and that's what i started this morning i i bought the royal upgrade because i got the day one edition when it released and then from there i just kind of added all the bonus stuff on through dlc i hear good things about it but i ain't about that you don't want to hear about all the monthly subscriptions i pay for Oh, I definitely don't. But yeah, so that's what I'm playing most recently. And the thing that I'm most excited about was this uh, that PSP spinoff from Final Fantasy VII. Briefly mentioned that a minute ago. So I bought that game like two years ago for PSP. Started playing it, got carried away with probably Final Fantasy XV and just never picked it back up. And Final Fantasy VII Remake comes out and I get this hunger for final fantasy 7 in my life in any form so i dig out my psp and i turn it on and (laughs) as soon as the screen turns on i see this giant crack diagonally through the screen so it's it's unusable (laughs) and i just i'm sitting there and i just like drop it in my lap and i just kind of hunch over and i'm just like crestfallen so wait when is this this was like two days ago. What, and what happened. screen was broken? The screen on my PSP. The handheld. 
Sony. Yeah, I obviously don't know what a PS. I don't know. I don't know what a PSP is. I thought a PSP was just the the first version of what the PS4 is now. Oh no no no! no. PSP was a PlayStation Two era handheld portable. Oh, okay. It's PlayStation okay. Portable. So just a couple days ago, you open it up and there's a crack. All right, I'm following you now. Yeah. So I am just heartbroken. My toddlers love to get into my stuff. They must have broken the screen on this PSP at one point. And so now I can't even play that game. And so I'm just like heartbroken. So I'm like searching online. Is there a Steam version that I can buy? Is there a is there some kind of pirated copy that I can download <laughs> and play? And I remember that PSP has an emulator uh. software that somebody built uh, that you can play on phones or computers or whatever. And so I start looking into that and... I've got an Apple phone, so downloading any kind of application from the internet is a yeah. whole bag of worms. So I'm like trying to download this emulator. The emulator won't download on my phone, but the file, the the file that you play through the emulator, yeah. that is the game, I can download that just fine on my phone. So I have the game, but again, I don't have a way to play the game. So I'm like looking on my computer. I've got a Chromebook and my Chromebook runs Android apps. And this emulator is on the yeah. Google Play Store because the Google Play Store is way more lenient on the kind of apps that they have there. So I had no problem getting the emulator on my computer. But now I have the emulator on one device and the game <laughs> oh, no. on a completely separate, not compatible device. So I'm like, man, but I found a way. Jordan, I found a way. This to is get all within it. the last two days. Yes, this was yesterday. I think busy. I have. I feel like such a hacker, even though I did zero <laughs> hacking. <laughs> so I've got the file on my phone. It came in a in a zipped file. So I had this app that would unzip the file, so I could put it in the emulator. Yeah. But the emulator wasn't on my phone. But the app, the unzip app, had a browser function that I could access the files through like a Chrome browser page. So what I did was I hooked it up through my computer to unzip the file from the cloud on that client. It was in the cloud and I unzipped it to my computer from my phone. And so now I finally had the file and the emulator on the same device that I, I could play. You can totally on. count yourself a hacker. If you're going into the seven zip files, <laughs> yes it was pretty cool i mean it was all that stuff was all done by actual hackers the thing that you find out quickly with any kind of programming is most of programming is just going into paste bin or whatever it's called it's just going into paste bin and seeing if anybody's already uh -huh. done it taking it so I'm, <laughs> I'm going through the beginning of this programming class yeah. for uh for python and going through all the boards and stuff and oh, yeah. i'm learning very quickly that that's all that's all people actually do is they just go and they just go on and see like yeah. has somebody actually already done the five pages of stuff that i need oh lovely but really quick, so you're talking about the Destiny and new things coming out with Destiny and then new things coming out with Final Fantasy. And I do want to, what's probably going to happen is right now I do, if I don't go back and I finished The Witcher 3 story, the game, for the first time, finally. Because I like, <laughs> oh, for like, I think like six times or something ridiculous, I got all, I got probably 70% of the way through the game and then I stopped. So I finally finished it and then there's two, there's one really good DLC and then the other one I've, I haven't really heard much about. I don't know how much it adds, but the Blood and Wine DLC apparently is pretty awesome and, and also very fulfilling for those that read the books. And so 
if I don't go and fully finish the game, I'm never going to. And so I need to go through and finish The Witcher and then put it aside forever, besides the Netflix shows. <laughs> but then Final Fantasy right. looks... I'm kind of looking through it, and it looks really nice, and so I might take a look at that. But! Oh, uh, yes. I will not rest. I will <laughs> not rest. That's going to be really hard on your life. <laughs> have to let your wife know i accept the challenge. runescape uh i don't know if i don't know if i had mentioned to you at all oh well i mentioned to you when i was when i was editing actually mm-hmm. runescape has come yes, in for the yeah. save on editing <laughs> on editing the podcast because i was having the most difficult because i don't think i've ever done any kind of project where i can't listen to something while i'm doing it there's never been mm-hmm. something like that and right. so mm-hmm. i was having a heck of a time lasting more than more than like 15 minutes just doing this because it's it's something where <laughs> if there's ever a thing that you need to multitask on it's it's editing a pot like a podcast because it is monotonous uh-huh. and i was trying to figure oh, yeah, out and, and i've seen videos and like the guy that is in one of the podcasts that i listen to he did uh a time lapse like a 10 hour time lapse that he sped up so it was it was an hour long but it was a 10 hour edit of just him of him going wow. through and doing it and he did it on mm-hmm. a i have to stop looking at software and all that because the more i look at software the more i realize why a mac is just the best for productivity stuff but i'm not gonna get a mac like i'm not (laughs) unless i make a substantial amount of money doing this i'm not getting a mac (laughs) um but i'm going through and i'm uh, i'm learning all this stuff from him and then i realized that so a new skill came out basically in runescape (laughs) and i don't know if you've ever played i don't know if you've ever played runescape at all have have you never never So it's, did you ever play World of Warcraft? Bro, you know, the only okay. thing I all ever right, played right, is right. Final Fantasy. <laughs> so MMORPG, it's, it's just a huge world. And RuneScape and World of mm-hmm. Warcraft are kind of flipped, at least in my mind. So RuneScape, the skills that you have and then quests are both a pretty big deal. Like quests, there's a certain amount of them. There's probably like 270 by now. But that's been over the course of the entirety wow. of the game uh, since like 2004 mm-hmm. or something. And then some of them even longer mm-hmm. in previous versions of, of RuneScape back in like 1998 or something. And so quests are a big deal. Like you get the requirements for them, you do them, and then they unlock different magic abilities or different different things. And then you have your skills, mm-hmm. and then you have your end game content. And then World of Warcraft is kind of flipped yeah. where the quests don't matter at all. Like the quests, like you don't even, it doesn't seem like anybody even reads the text that they're given when they get the quest. Uh-huh. And there's yeah. thousands of them all over the world and they're just everywhere but you have oh, your boy. skills and the skills are really important and you level up and then and then you have your end game content and the end game content for both runescape and world of warcraft are pretty much the same and they're the same for pretty much every mmorpg whether you're looking at destiny or the division or runescape it's they're all it's there's a <laughs> there's like raids and there's dungeons and there's and there's high loot but we haven't had a new skill in a couple in a couple of years and it's always a big deal so a new skate came out, it's called mm-hmm. Archaeology, and you're basically digging up stuff and restoring stuff, and you're doing a bunch of other cool things, and it's a very nice skill. I really enjoy it. It's not perfect, as it comes Fun. with everything, but it is super mm-hmm. uber AFK, because one of the things you have to do is you get, <laughs> the most basic thing is you is you dig through dig sites, and then slowly over uh-huh. time you gather relics that you damaged relics that you can then restore, and then the third part of it is you turn those in in sets for rewards and then uh-huh. the fourth and the highest tier almost like the bunker 
the fourth and highest tier <laughs> is when you turn those in for sets, sometimes you get things called, uh, I actually don't know, I can't remember what they're called, but you get a chance for getting an item that you can turn into this monolith thing of energy, and it's like the apex of what you get from the skill, and what it does is it gives you like a permanent effect on your character. And so, like, you don't have to oh, wear awesome. anything additional. You don't have to. You don't have to take up any slots to get the effect. And so, there's things like you. It's like you never run out of run energy. Uh, there's like you always gain the effect of basically wearing a really high tier ring. You can always have that effect, so you can wear something mm-hmm. else. You you know you get more you get more experience. There's there's a ton of stuff, and they're super powerful. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the skill's really good. It has a really nice effect. Yeah. But the very base level is you just need a lot of resources to do this and you usually have to you have to dig uh-huh. the dig sites more than you otherwise would because you get the relics but then after you get the relics mm-hmm. you need even more resources to restore them so the main part of the skill is you're just sitting uh-huh. there digging the only thing you have to do on the game is is go bank your stuff every time your inventory gets full and so every couple minutes and i was mm-hmm. like oh my dream and basically like <laughs> I, I i can play and i can just gather resources on this while i'm editing and that's turned like my couple minutes mm-hmm. to i can i can do it for several hours at a time and then i just take a break for if i get enough of what i want in the game then i will stop editing for a while restore a couple things go to a new area start gathering again and then get back on the edit and so uh, i just wanted nice. to voice that because runescape deserves a uh, an appraisal because uh, I, I was knocking my brain around trying to figure out what I was going to do. But that is the... I think we've gone through all of the games that we're currently playing. Uh, Valorant just came out. I have to mention that one. Uh, I don't know if you've heard anything about Valorant. Yeah, I've watched a couple of streamers play it, and I, I'm i sorry, Jordan, but I do not... I don't get that game <laughs> Did you ever... I, I have so to imagine boring. that you never... because of the Purely because of hardware... You never played Counter Strike. Nope. So basically, never. it's a it's a hyper competitive. Like they take away a lot of abilities and and normal things that your characters would be able to do in a lot of other games, like sprinting or. Yeah, that's like you... that was the main thing that I noticed was everybody was just moving around so slowly. Yeah. It was just so like the oh. highest you can. Yeah. So the highest, so you can you can walk kind of fast, but. And I never really understood this until I started playing Valorant because I never played Counter-Strike. If you were walking at a normal pace, you make a lot of noise and everybody has their headphones on and a big part of the game is you can you can hear where people are at. So if uh-huh. you press uh, shift, then you go into a slow walk and you don't make any noise. And so oh. when you're moving, you can kind of see, at least on Valorant, I don't think you can even see like the, the radius when you're, mm-hmm. when you're moving around fast. But in Valorant, mm-hmm. you can see the circle around you on the minimap. Of, yes. of who can hear the noise you're making. And so you kind of walk up fast up to the main area of the map. And then you spend mm-hmm. pretty much the rest of the game moving around slowly because otherwise otherwise you're just giving away your position because people can oh, easily hear where you are. But it's hyper-competitive. It has a very interesting mechanic where your shots are way, your shots are way off if you are moving when you're shooting. Oh, and yeah. so mm-hmm. you have to develop a habit that you don't really develop in any other game. Where you have to you have to position yourself and you can't move mm-hmm. when you're when you're shooting. For somebody that mm-hmm. played Halo a lot, that is really difficult. <laughs> oh yeah, man, I can't I can't yeah, imagine. Because it's the exact opposite in Halo, where like the snipers are accurate no matter what. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so flick shotting while you're moving around is a very big skill to learn to get you into the higher yeah. EVs. Uh-huh. And then on the other guns, it's not a matter of how you're moving. It doesn't, your movement doesn't have any effect at all. It's just if you're shooting too fast and the reticle blows up too much, 
Yes, um, yeah. Or if you're, you know, is any other effect, but your my movement has never had an effect like this, and so it's it's completely alien to me. But it's pretty good. I don't know if I have the time to put a lot into it because I, you know, like the things like The Witcher and the other things. But uh, I played League of Legends for a long time and I just installed it the other day because it's always kind of served the purpose of it's a very nice game to just get on and play like a single Mm -hmm. game, a single like 20 or 30 minute game. Like if I get home from doing something stressful and then and then just get off. And so like a game, you know, maybe two or three games a week I play it. Uh, and that's okay. kind of the purpose it serves for me. But it's the same company that did League of Legends, which is still the most popular game in the world. Uh, they just released Valorant, which is quickly becoming one of the most popular games because uh, that's kind of where Counter-Strike had sat. And Valorant mm-hmm. is a direct competitor to, to Counter-Strike. And so I, I think it's really interesting. I only had to mention it because it's a closed beta, I think, still. And so you have yeah. to get a code for it. And the reason so many mm-hmm. people were watching streamers is because... That's the only only way to get the code, is you have to watch. Oh, a, yeah, you have to watch a streamer that has a drop enabled, and then people that are watching it they have a chance to get the get the code sent to them. And so people were seeing ridiculous numbers. Like Summit had two hundred thousand people watching him at several points during the time. Wow. That's dropped a lot now because I think I think they've been given out a lot more freely. Because when I got my key, I wasn't even watching anybody. Um, and so uh, yeah, so it's. Uh, but it's good. I just wanted to. Me- I just needed to mention that one. But I got RuneScape. Just because you're so special and cool. <sighs> Basically, I just wanted to say I had the code, and that's. Yeah. People have been doing a lot to just kind of like you see you go to a random video and they somebody just says like, "Hey, I got a Valorant drop." You <laughs> son of a gun. Gosh. But dang uh, it. but yeah. So in the next episode, we have we still have a lot in the thing here. But sweet, we'll uh, we'll end it there, and we'll uh, we'll leave it till next time. Alrighty.